Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Smarter Every Season. This is the podcast that's brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planting. My name is Tyler Hubert, and I am currently joined in studio by Drew Stout. Now, Drew is a, I'm still going to say you're a fairly newer member of the product support team, joined us at the beginning of the year, and is interested in the podcast. And So you're going to be helping me out as we go through and conduct an interview today which is going to be with Sean Livingston and Nick Swambag, who's a dealer in Canada. We're going to get there. We're going there. But first, we got to introduce Drew. How are you this morning? I'm good, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, you are on, but you're hopefully going to be on a little more than just one time. This is hopefully something that you're going to be kind of joining the podcast team and working with us going forward, has an interest in learning more. My experience with you, Drew, is you're just, just a generally inquisitive guy. Got a lot of questions, but they're good questions. Just like to learn. Yeah. Now, you come from, speaking of that, you come from a teaching background. You went to Illinois State. You have a teaching degree. Um, but coming out of school, uh, identified that Precision was a place that you kind of wanted to work. And now, here you are. So, talk to me a little bit about that. How, how do you feel like the education background has transferred here? Yeah, so... Uh, like Tyler said, uh, I come from an education background, and with that, it's not maybe the most traditional path to agriculture, but I think uh, the uh, I think the skills kind of coincide, though, as far as being receptive and attention to detail, being able to explain things to where others can understand. Like in my job, and especially in product support, that's that's ninety percent of our job is uh, taking those questions or different thoughts and helping guys understand kind of more about their systems or how we can get them going. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You're also getting ready to train for the first time, so there's a natural crossover there. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I got to ask then, what drew you here? Was there a reason that you you wanted to maybe not be in the classroom setting, but you wanted to be here at Precision? Yeah, so I uh, thought I wanted to be a teacher just because I – always had a passion for for coaching I wanted to coach baseball I grew up with younger brothers so I thought teaching would kind of be a, a pretty sweet gig uh, I got into student teaching and realized uh, I don't think I can sit in a classroom all day uh, with kids necessarily <laughs> so um, my father-in-law he farms uh, so I was kind of wanting to get back into ag because that's what I uh, had kind of worked all as like summer jobs and in between uh, summers at college uh, so I saw an opening here at Precision and kind of just took a leap of faith and found myself here, and I've loved it. We're glad to have you. Now, I think it's important, too, that we've got to go back and say, up until this spring, you, you know, you joined us at the first of the year. Yeah. Up until this spring, your father-in-law was your soon-to-be father-in-law. Yes, yep. I yep. recently married as of uh, this past July. Me and my wife got married. Congratulations. Thank you. But But this is important because in the process of you coming to Precision – I, I think the sequence of events here, if I'm not mistaken, Drew, was he had a Case 1200 planner? Yep, he had a Case 1250. Okay. And then you started working here, and he bought a Case... 1255. With? Uh, so, pretty decked out with precision stuff. Uh, so, it was a new-to-him planner, so yep. he bought it uh, with Clean Sweep, V-Drive, V-Set, Delta Force, and a Gen 2. So, kind of your typical stuff that you'd see on a 
uh, planner of a guy kind of wanting to get into the precision side of stuff. So he was pretty excited. Now, do you think you working here influenced that decision? I don't think it hurt by any means. I, I think he definitely felt more confident in the fact of, okay, if I do upgrade my uh, my planner with this new technology, I'll have kind of a, someone to, to lean on if I have issues. And he, he did occasionally this spring, but we got it figured out and had a pretty good year. Now, I would say that the sequence of events here that we, I think we've got to be cognizant of is you start, he buys a planner with precision technology on it, then you marry his daughter. So I would say that purchase was probably a success given that now you're a married man. I would like to think so. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that all checks out. So, Well, very good. Drew, we had the opportunity, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, to sit down with Sean Livingston, who is a region manager for precision planning in Canada. I'm not going to go too much deeper into where he covers because he talks about that in the interview. But we also talked with one of his dealers, Nick Zwambag. I think this was kind of inspired. Actually, it was one of Sean's ideas to cover this topic. But we wanted to discuss with them what is their approach and what does it look like to find the right grower for a limited commercial product release? And I'm going to set that up or talk more about what limited commercial means to us in the interview. But we thought this was good. This is also kind of the time of year where we do announce that a lot of products are on the order board for the first year. And that's kind of what we what we mean when we say limited commercial. So my mind goes to like Symphony Nozzle, which is now out and on the order board. So that, that would be one of the products that we consider in that limited commercial bucket. What does it look like for one of those products to be successful in an area? And what is the impact that finding the right grower has on that? You help me out with this interview. I think it went really well. I think this is an awesome time to go ahead and play that and hear from Sean and Nick. So I'm joined over the phone by Nick Zwambag, who's from DeVolder Farm. He's a dealer for precision planting. And Sean Livingston, who is a region manager for precision planting. Sean, I'm not going to try and call out what area you cover because I'm probably going to screw that up. I know it's Canada. Can you help me out? Be more specific. Who's Sean Livingston? What what area do you cover? Uh, yeah, so thank you for having me on the uh, podcast. I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, so I am the region manager for Eastern Canada. So that is covering Ontario, Quebec, and the Maritime Provinces would be my region. Primarily, I reside in Ontario, and that is where the largest portion of crop production is done for my region. Okay. Nick, would you introduce yourself? How long have you been at the dealership? What what kind of your job title and uh, responsibilities are? So Nick Swanbeg. I've been at uh, DeVolder Farms here for the last uh, six and a half, seven years, and uh, primarily focused on the precision planting business. And then I have uh, a couple of sales reps that report to me and service tech and all that kind of stuff. So kind of take care of everything involved in the precision planting business for our business. Cool. Gentlemen, the topic that we're going to discuss today is what does it look like to find good growers for limited commercial product releases? So I want to start by just kind of giving everybody a little bit of an idea of what we mean when we say a limited commercial release. So a lot of times that, you know, we will come from a beta where we are selecting certain growers, certain conditions, certain planners that we want to test a product on. 
when we move into the limited commercial phase, the product is then able to be ordered by really anyone. The exception here is it's it's in a limited quantity, right? We don't have probably enough to satisfy all demand. There's a limited amount that we can we get manufactured uh, in preparation for spring. Um, and the reason or the value, I think, for this kind of phase, this limited commercial phase, is, you know, it, it gives the dealers an opportunity. It kind of scratches the itch for a grower uh, to be to be bleeding edge, right? To be one of the first people to get this onto their planter or sprayer or side dress bar or whatever it may be. For a dealer, it's a really good opportunity to, to start to interact with the product, to start to maybe get a jump start on learning about it, to start to you know, if it's, if it is a new chassis, like a sprayer to start to get some interaction with a sprayer, um, you know, starting kind of that education on a product or maybe a product line, even, um, what that though means is with it being limited commercial, we really haven't tested every corner case there is on the market. And so I think the expectation to set with, with a, a grower and, you know, probably frankly with a dealer, and I'll let you guys speak to this too, is, there may be a larger requirement for some service time or time spent with that machine than with a, a product that's been around for a few years. So I want to kick it off with you, Nick. You have been a part of and partaken in, in limited commercial release products before. What do you feel has been the value to you or to your dealership of running those types of products? I think, Tyler, what's really been the benefit for us and for myself personally, is that we get to learn the product with one grower, generally, or or even ourselves on the on the farms planner to learn it before it goes to the masses, so to speak. Um, you know, yes, it sometimes takes a little bit of extra learning and a little bit of extra support, but it it helps you learn the product so that when it you know does become fully available. You've got a good sense of what it takes to install. You've got a good sense of how to run it. Uh, and you, you become the expert of that product before it's fully, fully available. And I think that's what's probably helped us in, you know, in certain areas, learning the product ahead of time. Okay. Sean, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with the comment there. Um, you know, by... By working with it, you learn it, and and you progress forward with it. Um, you know, on the opposite side, I would say, you know, if if a dealership doesn't take the opportunity to work with a limited commercial product, you've positioned yourself now to be a year behind. So as the excitement grows, you're a year behind now. So there's there's the the value of putting the pain and suffering in potential pain and suffering, not all commercial releases are painful. Some have been very successful. Um, but if there is hiccups, there's a value of doing it in that first year, then doing it in the second year when it's commercially available and your quantities out there are much greater. Okay. Nick, I, I'm wondering if you have a recent success story. Is there a, a specific product that you recently you know, partook in the um, the limited commercial release of and that has really set that product up well in your market? Or you even you, you identified who the proper grower was 
for a limited commercial type product. Do you have a recent success story of that? Yeah, I'll share the one that is kind of most recent for us. Um, we actually we actually started with a beta, so we kind of got the pre pre preview of it. Okay. Um, with reclaim, and uh, we did you know one of the first reclaims, and uh, it, it really kind of you know even if it wasn't it was a beta product, it allowed us to learn it right away. And so when that commercial release happened, you know, we had a few customers already very interested because we understood it. And to that effect, that had had on us that we've done quite a few reclaim systems since then because the word of mouth got spread around that we understood how reclaim worked. We've done a few of them and that just kind of snowballed into the next one and the next one and the next one. What it also has done for us, especially... I think this is the important part, especially on the new on a new segment with sprayers. It's positioned us now as one of the sprayer leads in the in the region, so to speak. Um, now going into Symphony, you know, we've already got a system basically lined up for Symphony, and it was one of the first guys that also had Reclaim. So it just it's kind of snowballed the effect and the positioning that, you know, we, we understand sprayers and we're going to understand sprayers. So it, it, it's kind of the word of mouth has really spread that we, we uh, are doing these reclaim systems and we know what we're doing with them. So did you have a grower that you identified that would be a good candidate through the beta and into the limited commercial phase that helped with that? That, that is very, I think that is the key part to picking beta growers or the limited commercial grower. Um, they have to have the right uh, personality. They have to have the right uh, mentality of that, you know what, it's not going to be 100%. We're going to find quirks. We're going to find hiccups and we'll have to react and adjust and and have the patience to work through it together. I can think of, you know, another scenario where we did a, you know, pre-commercial release uh, of a product, and the grower, the owner, was very much in tune with doing it. The operator was not, and that, <laughs> you know, that can be the downside of that is that the the operator didn't see any value in it. The owner saw all the value in it, but he didn't run the piece of equipment. And I think, you know, picking growers that are going to, you know, start these products and learn with you, they want to, they, they, they want to learn too, or they have to have that want to learn. Um, and I think that's super important in picking who, you know, who that goes to. And you get to learn who those, those right customers are when you see how they react with their purchases and, and you know, you know, I use a couple examples, a couple guys that, that I can go to that, you know, have done their own installs or have troubleshooted a lot of things on their own and have taught me a couple things. Those are the guys that are great for a, a new product because they have the patience, they have the know-how uh, to, to work through it. So I think you identified something there that's really good too in that, uh, you know, they've showed me a couple things. It's like, I think communication is a big piece of that too, right? If you've got a customer that maybe you don't hear from all year long, you know, he may be somebody that's, that's fairly easy 
if you will, to do business with, but almost that guy that's yep. not afraid to call you up and say, Hey, here's what I'm seeing that, that likes to communicate with you frequently, uh, becomes very valuable in that phase, right? Cause they're talking through what they're, what they're seeing and what their experience is, is that, that, that you can pass on. That's right. That's right. And, and some of these, you know, guys that are, that I find that are good ones to work with for these types of projects is they're not afraid to say, Hey, here's the keys, go try it on my piece of machinery and tell me if I'm doing this right or show me what I'm doing wrong or show me how to do this. Um, that, that I think is, is key as well. Yeah. Sean, you probably do quite a bit of, of coaching uh, or working with dealers to identify what type of grower is a good fit for that limited commercial product. Along with what Nick's saying there, is there is there any coaching that you give or characteristics that you kind of look for to know somebody's going to be a good fit? Uh, not much more. The, the open communication, and um, I, I'd probably say the one trait that I look for which I don't think is an actual word, but we'll use it anyways, is calmness. You know, we want to find growers that are calm in the situation. You know, some of these tools that we use on the farms are only in the fields for three to five days a year. And if we're using a limited product and there is a hiccup, like we want to be able to react in calm situations, calm environments to get the answer fast and, and get the grower going um, back into his field. So the, the personality of the person we're working with um, means a lot to me. I'm not always thinking that the guy that has to be the first or wants to be the first is the right personality the guy that truly wants to be better and wants everyone else to be better. Um, they are the, they are the ones that understand growing pains and pick up pains. And, and, uh, and those are the ones that we want to work with is, is what we try to find. I like that along that same lines, you kind of alluded to somebody who may not be a, a good fitment is like the guy who comes to you first, right? Maybe not being the best, but the guy who, um, wants to improve. Are there other situations where you would caution dealers around? Hey, if a if a grower exhibits this, maybe maybe not the best fitment. There is there any other fitments that you've seen that you kind of think, oh, I, this is cautionary. Let let's let's watch out for this. Um, I I would say every dealer has a couple of growers that we would deem as demanding growers. The, the grower that has a has a problem and you know basically demands you to be there to fix it in the next couple of hours, um, you know that's a that's a type of personality that I think we want to uh, just be very cautious with going into a limited release. But yeah, it, it, the, the the dealers have growers that they are comfortable with, so comfortable, confident communication. Um, will make a, a good a good package there. Um, so it's just it's weaning it out. But if you you know sometimes if you go to Winter Conference and at, at Winter Conference Precision releases a brand new great idea, and as the guy is walking out of the door of the meeting and he grabs the dealer and says, "I need that, I need that, I need that," 
that's a grower that I would probably be very cautious about working with in the first year because his expectations is very, very high. He has seen uh, a solution that Precision has presented to a problem that he's experienced, and he's looking for that to be fixed right away. Um, he may not be calm enough to run that product in the learning year. So that's, that's the type of guy I would just be cautious about. Okay. And to be clear, I think what you're saying there is I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. It's just exercise caution. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It comes back down to, uh, it comes back down to setting uh, the parameters of what we're trying to achieve and how, and having that communication to make sure that, that they are open to it. The other, you know, the other piece t- for me that I think is important is, uh, like I said earlier, is that it's the, you know, the farm owner may want it as long as the operator is willing to learn. And I think that's key, right? Um, that the, the operator is the one that is going to be experiencing the pain, if there is pain, that they have to want to learn with you. Um and the other, the other half of the equation is, from a dealership standpoint, when you sell that limited release product, you're essentially saying that, you know, you're going to commit to it as well. So it can't be something that you just ship to the guy. Here's the, you know, here's the install, and 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 ha- you know, expect it just to work. You have to plan for it to. You know, it's going to take some of your own time to make sure that it's done properly and you learn from it. So, Hey, Nick, this is Drew. I'm uh, co-hosting this with Tyler. Um, really some good points, uh, points I hadn't really thought of, especially when you say as a, as a dealership, you're invested in that product just as much as the customer. Uh, kind of going into further uh, conversation about selecting growers, uh, how do you as a dealership go about setting those expectations with a grower that, hey, there might be some extra support needed, it is new. Uh, how do you kind of navigate uh, those conversations? Uh, yeah, I I don't know if it's a, you know, I wouldn't say it's a scripted document that says, hey, you know, this is going to, this is the way it is. With the right growers that I've worked with, it's almost implied um, that, you know, this is new, we're going to learn together, and, and it just, I don't know, it just comes out in conversation that way that, you know, we're going to learn this all together and we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I, I specific, I can't recall specifically if I've said that, you know, in, in so little words to say, yeah, I'm, I'm committed, you're committed, we're going to learn, there's going to be hiccups, so on and so forth. So it just, it, those, those right growers, they already know that is, I think, the biggest thing. Sure. So I'm wondering too here, Sean, I'm going to come over to you. Um, I, so I guess what I'm, what I'm taking away from this is uh, certainly I think, Nick, you've done a, a good job of, of showing and talking through what the value has been to, to your dealership of engaging with limited commercial products. But I, I think it kind of goes without saying here that a lot of that success does depend on the right grower. The other piece of, of this that I'm thinking through that, it also is big for the right grower. You want that feedback, but I guess maybe speak to the to the word of mouth power that a grower has when they have a good experience with a newer product. I think um, 
<clears throat> so when you're when you when you select that big grower, one of the one of the things that we've learned with people over the years is, um, you know, if if that person is having a bad experience, they want to find the answer to prevent it from going from to somebody else. So their uh, their voice doesn't travel past the phone to the dealership. Basically, when a grower has a positive experience and they run that limited product and they're comfortable with it, they're excited about it because they know that they're one of the only ones that has it. When the dealership and Precision give them the power to start speaking, you know, we're comfortable, it's commercial release, you know, talk about it. Um, you know, when they're at coffee shops, hockey games, uh, buck and doe parties or whatever, it, it doesn't take long for people to learn that somebody has something new in the area and that grower um, you know if I think about like Nick's case with the uh, reclaim that grower not only spoke very highly about reclaim and what he was having and seeing as, as a successful product in shops and coffee and blah 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 he was also very active on Twitter about how much he loved it and how flawlessly it worked and how it made him more productive. And actually even just recently here, uh, he had a, a thing on Twitter about uh, winterizing the sprayer and using Reclaim to winterize the sprayer. And I followed that Twitter feed for a bit with people saying, well, why don't you just put air on and blow it out? And, and he kept saying, because air doesn't get into every corner that liquid does to clean it out, but by using reclaim and recirculating antifreeze around, I am very confident that every corner of the system has antifreeze in it now. And he's, uh, he's doing word of most sales for us and for DeVolders through Twitter. And and I, that was a very successful person to work with on a limited base because he had the power to to speak uh, other than just a salesman. We'll just keep that between us four then, Nick, so you guys don't have to pay him kind of any marketing fee or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Nick, you had brought up a good point earlier too, I think around the the commitment of a dealer to in a limited commercial uh, product. I'm thinking through a scenario where it could be, you know, I, I think for us, we try to do the very best we can in product support to try to educate on a limited commercial product to say, here's what we're seeing, here's how it works. Here's some things that I want to advise everyone on around, you know, this is, this is kind of what I want you to watch out for. And I do think there are scenarios that, you know, the, the one that maybe comes up for me in my mind is, is V apply turbines. I, I think early on we educated that here's what could happen with a turbine. Here's kind of the risk of a turbine and what you're going to want to watch out for with that. And I do think that there were some dealers who looked at that and said, you know what, I'm not certain if my my best customers or my customers are ready for this. 
And there were some guys that looked at that and said, yeah, heck yeah, I'm going to go forward with this. I've got five systems lined up, and, and I, I think we'll be just fine. And, and I think the point that I'm trying to make there is the, the, the dealer that kind of looked at that and said, I don't know that my guys are ready. You know, he had to, I guess, look at that or assess that for his dealership. Um, so I think that there may be some instances what I'm getting at is, is that a dealer does look at a specific limited commercial product and says, you know what? I don't know that I have the guy for that right now. That's a, that is a decision that he has to make at his dealership. But I'm wondering if there's a way that maybe, Sean, you would encourage dealers to still maybe in that instance get some experience or learn on a new product so that they are keeping up with it. Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense. Um, I, I actually do have a prime example of that right now of a dealer for Symphony that not as much in I can't find the right grower but they're in the the conversation of i actually have too many growers that want it how do i pick how do i you know being being that symphony is such a a a low limited release this year okay and he's like how do i pick so they they were talking about this and so a couple things that we looked at was geographical location of the growers and we're like well like these guys are pretty far away from home base. So travel time, support, all that kind of stuff. Um, When we talked through it, my suggestion to the dealership was put it on your own sprayer. They have a sprayer at their farm, put it on there. And I, I was met with some resistance. If we put it on our sprayer, a grower doesn't get to experience it. So we lose all this power of word of mouth and, and all that. And I agree, but why not after winter wheat comes off? So for you guys in Illinois, you know what winter wheat is, right? (laughs) I'm just joking with you. (laughs) Um, But after winter wheat comes off, we have 30 days or so where the cover crops are, are not quite growing yet, why not hold a field day and invite these growers that have interest plus others and do ride and drives with Symphony in your sprayer on the wheat fields? You've already had a season to work with it and learn it on your own sprayer. Now you can showcase it. So even though the dealership isn't picking a customer, for the right person for the limited release, they can still get a lot of value by positioning it on their own stuff and then bringing people in to use it, bring people in to see it and showcase it that way. Yeah. I also just assumed Sean, isn't all wheat in Canada, winter wheat, our perception in the Midwest is that it's just always at least 30 degrees or colder up there all the time. Well, if it's 30 degrees up here, man, we're in shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops. So. <laughs> that's kind of what we figured. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, that's that's perfect. Um, I want to open it up because that was kind of the, the questions that I had prepared. And so I want to make sure, Sean, this was actually your idea. It was your idea that, hey, Tyler, I would recommend you guys have a podcast episode around you know, what is the value of, of a dealer participating in a limited commercial release, but then also 
what is the value in finding the right grower, uh, both to that grower and, and to the dealership, to the market? So I, I want to just kind of open it up. What else? Is there anything that I haven't asked about or any any other pieces of advice that, that you guys want to pass along? And Sean, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, again, I, I just, I can't stress enough. It's, it's the, the right person. Uh, I mentioned geographical location because of support. Um, and, and software is always a bit of a hot topic. Um, but as the new products come out, have trust in the precision team. If we do have a little hiccup, like I've seen our software team come around and fix and have a new release out in a couple of days in order to fix a little bug that we find. Um, but I, I can't stress enough if a dealership doesn't participate in a limited release, I've watched them struggle to get back on track for two years with that product. Because if the dealerships around you run with it, you are behind the eight ball and you, you almost have to work twice as hard for two years to catch up. So I just, I encourage everybody to, you know, make a relationship with that grower. Even if it's the same grower you use year after year after year, that's fine. You don't need to spread it out, but you need to learn the product. Awesome. Nick, how about you? I think um, kind of to that same effect that even I, I do think it is important to, to be involved in in these new releases because you learn them from the start. Um, and, the, you know, there's always, you know, evolution of the product as well. Um, if you can't find, you know, find that right grower, most dealerships, you know, are involved in some form of farming. Maybe it can be put on your own equipment and uh, learn it that way. Um, maybe at a lower extent or, or something like that, or, or a family member that farms or something like that. Just, I think it is important because you can get far behind pretty quick. And then, like Sean said, um, you know, other dealerships around are selling it. And, you know, you get questions from a customer of yours. And, and if you're not up to speed on it, you have the potential to lose that sale in the future because you aren't up to speed on the new product. And the other dealership is. And so that customer has that feeling. You really don't know it yet. And they have more comfort if they really want it to go to that other dealership. So I think, I think it is important to, you know, try it, find that right grower and uh, learn it along the way. Awesome. Gentlemen, I really appreciate the time. The last question I think that I have now, Sean, I knew what winter wheat was, but the phrase you threw out and and Drew might even give me a head nod here. and, And I'm just old and behind the times. Uh, uh, a buck and doe party. What am, what am I getting into there? What what's that What's that look like? Uh, a buck and doe party is uh, it, it'd be like a a bachelor party. You know, it's ah, a, okay. a couple a couple that's getting a couple that's getting married instead of instead of a bachelor going to have his party and the bachelorette, they just have a. A gathering together in a usually in a farm shop with a water trough full of bush light, and uh, 
you carry on. And so it's just a buck and a buck and doe party. Okay. All right. I, this is going to sound terrible, but I really didn't know if that was like, no, Tyler, after we go hunting, that's what it's called when you actually get, get together and skin the deer. But listen, I'm not a hunter. If, if you can't tell from this conversation. So, and Drew's nodding over here, like he knew what that was. So that that's, this feels like more of a me problem here. Uh, that's funny. That's all good. I'm not a hunter either, so very yeah. good. But we could still attend a buck and doe party. There we go. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Good. You can. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All thank right. you. All right. Take care now. Okay. You bet. Bye bye. Join back in studio here with Drew Stout. Drew, did anything stand out to you now as you listen back to that interview with Nick and and uh, Sean? Yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting to hear definitely from the sales perspective to the dealership perspective all the way back to hearing product support and even R&D of how or I guess what the significance is in selecting that right grower uh, for, for new products. Yep, I absolutely agree with you. I thought it was really cool to hear Sean bring up to the operator. That was one thing that stood out to me and what he said. It was just something that I didn't consider. It, it's funny, you know, I, I think back to... Uh, like for, for your farm, you talked about your father-in-law in the introduction. Um, I'm guessing he operates the planner. Yep. I'm guessing he also operates the combine. Yep. And so I think there's a lot of times, too, on family farms that it's owner and operator. Um, but that's not always the case. And and that's one thing I kind of catch myself on, too. I always kind of assume that the person writing the checks is the operator, and that's not always the case. So, you know, that's something I need to continue to grow to continue to recognize but anyway i thought it was good that he brought up you know you you get the operator trained and on board too and and i don't know maybe even it's worth um you know making sure the operator is comfortable reaching out to the dealership um but anyway yeah i thought that was a good point that he brought up and made too so a lot of good good nuggets in there drew thank you very much for being here yes thanks for having me tyler yeah looking forward to more of you on the podcast team and, and future episodes. But until then, we will talk to everybody next time on Smarter Every Season.